Coming up on this week's show, Posey Roberts is here as part of the 2017 GRL blog tour. Plus, we go where the bears are. Welcome to the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for readers and writers of gay romance fiction. If you can read it, write it, watch it, or listen to it, these two guys are going to talk about it. Now, here are your hosts, Jeff Adams and Will Knauss. Welcome to episode 101 of Jeff and Will's Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Jeff from jeffadamswrites.com. And I'm Will from willknauss.com. This week's episode is sponsored in part by listeners just like you. We'll have a little more information on how you can help support this podcast in just a few moments. Welcome to another episode, sir. Welcome to you. We live to tell the tale. We made it through episode 100. Ta-da! And it's just downhill from here. <laughs> this is... Nah. <laughs> Not true at all. Even the balloons from last week are still floating around. Yeah, they are. Which is pretty amazing. I mean, they're they're not even drifting on the floor yet. They're still like up at their original height. So so yes, thank Helium's you. Awesome. Thank you for joining us, everyone, for uh, yet another episode. Uh, one one hundred was very special, yeah. and I think one hundred and one will be just as special. Indeed. And thanks to everybody who left comments last week too about their favorite episodes and stuff about the podcast. We'll let you know next week who wins the uh, Dream Spinner gift card. So stand by for that. Cool. So, I think mere minutes after we were off the podcast yesterday, saying that we, well, yesterday, last week, saying that we hadn't got new edits back, new edits arrived in our mailbox. Because <laughs> we, I was editing and on the podcast, like, oh, look, our <laughs> stories are back. Because they did, in fact, come back one after the other, just like the last time. Yeah. So. We mentioned it too much. It's like Bloody Mary or Candyman. <laughs> or Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice, something like that. Because, boy, did they come uh, rolling in. Yes, they did. And these were these were structural edits uh, this time out. So both manuscripts had had things to do. And, and you made such a wonderful analogy as we were discussing our, our co-written story. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you care to discuss how, how sweaters came into play? So um, this is my first time through the editorial process. Uh, Jeff is old hat at this. He's, <laughs> he's done this several times before. Uh, and when we got our editorial notes on this next round of revisions, I was uh, essentially at a loss. I really wasn't sure how to tackle this next round. Um, I thought the uh, comments were um, that we received on the manuscript were perfectly valid. Uh, I just was uh, confused, befuddled might be the word, um, and I used to try to explain my ennui, I, I, I created an analogy for Jeff, and I felt like this time around, what we had done with the manuscript is, is that we had knitted a perfectly acceptable Christmas sweater, and we had gifted this sweater to our publishers and they in turn came back with well um sweaters are great we really love sweaters but instead of christmas i think we would prefer a halloween sweater maybe you know a jack-o'-lantern or a witch's hat something like that (laughs) and i was like um but i i made a christmas sweater i know how to make a christmas sweater um 
I don't have a pattern for a Halloween sweater. I mean, and so I was sort of like, well, I guess I can pull apart the sweater that we have and then, you know, take a shot at knitting you a, ho a Halloween sweater if that's what you really want. Um, if you, you know, give me a couple of weeks to, to knit this stupid thing, uh, unfortunately, we don't have a couple of weeks. Um, uh, another analogy might be a train. Um, in most in most cases, when a book um, uh, starts going through the editorial process, um, it needs to stay on track. And once it's moving forward, it needs to keep moving forward. Um, any uh, any delays uh, can really affect the uh, release date, uh, and it can actually create a, a series of events that can not only affect your book, but also the publishing schedule uh, mm -hmm. to other books as well. So it's important that we, you know, keep the train on track and knit our sweater to the best of our abilities. Um, so Jeff jumped in. He has more experience knitting sweaters than I do. Um, and uh, I read some of the changes he made yesterday, and I'm very, very happy with them. Uh, so despite my... Uh, despite my ability, uh, inability to really grasp how to tackle this next round, um, they've been relatively stress-free. Uh, and I think the book is better now, as it should be. Yeah, that's always the point of the edits. And uh, I'm having, I'm re-knitting the Winger, the Winger 2 sweater now. Yep. It needed a lot more restructure than uh, Hockey Player's Heart did. Mm. Occasionally I feel like I really don't know how to write, <laughs> but then I, I move on and realize that I do. I just need to be pointed in the right direction occasionally. Uh, so those are working still. Um, I'll finish those up in the coming week. And uh, round three should be easier, I will think. So, yeah. I didn't write it all this week. In, in case there was any doubt about that, not one word got written this week because everything was about edits. Yep. And most likely will be again this coming week. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, a few episodes back, uh, I was talking about the Changing on the Fly anthology that's coming out this year. This year it's called Changing on the Fly, the second period, since it is the second book. And we have our cover reveal coming up this Wednesday, September 13th, and we'll also be opening up pre-orders ahead of the October 4th release date. And of course, October 4th, as any good hockey fan knows, is the opening day of the NHL this year. Uh, this book, once again, will be donating all of its proceeds to a charity that in, in, <laughs> a charity that represents inclus inclusiveness in all sports, and especially hockey. And I have, I was tickled to be invited to join uh, VLOC, RJ Scott, and Heather Lear for this year's anthology. Uh, all the details will be coming out with the uh, cover reveal. You can check it out at jeffadamsrights.com or VL's, RJ's, and Heather's websites, because we'll be announcing it across all four sites on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Now, aside from uh, working our butts off uh, re-knitting sweaters, um, this week we also inter uh, did an interview. Yes. Um, we were on the Left of Straight show, and that's a podcast that's nominated along with us in the People Choices uh, Podcast Awards in the LGBTQ category. 
Yeah, it was a great. It was great to be on on somebody else's show on the other side of the uh, on the interview mm-hmm. situation. Uh, Scott Fullerton, who runs Left of Straight, invited us to come on, and uh, that show will be on Monday, September eleventh, from five p.m. to seven p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash left of straight, and that's S-T-R numeral eight. Um, we will be on in the six to seven hour, but if you tune in ahead of that, you can uh, hear Scott's interview with Stan Zimmerman. Now, Stan is a writer-director who's worked on shows like The Golden Girls, Gilmore Girls, and Roseanne, and he's currently directing a play called Heartbreak Help, which opens September 14th in Hollywood. I wish we could go see that play. That would be fun. Marissa, Mar- Marissa Jarrett Winoker's in it. She's awesome. And, uh, oh, I'm blanking on her name, but she played the mom in Baby Daddy on Freeform. Cool. Yeah. So it was fun talking to Scott. And Will's just nodding his head. I agree. <laughs> I concur. You have to talk for the for the for the podcast oh, people. Oh yeah, <laughs> talking. It's a good thing. Okay, so this is the last week to donate for Cycle of the Cause. Yes, uh, Cycle for the Cause takes off on September fourteenth from Boston to New York, where they will come into the LGBT Center on Sunday, September seventeenth. Uh, I want to thank Nancy for her donation. And I also want to thank Anne for her donation to the cause. Uh, as a reminder, as little as $100 goes a long way because it could help prevent seven HIV transmissions by distributing safer sex kits. It administers eight HIV tests at the center in New York to ensure that more people know their status. And it could provide care for 10 HIV positive people to help them lead happy, healthy lives. Now, whatever you can donate is awesome, whether it's a dollar, a hundred dollars, or a thousand dollars. Uh, for those who donated $100, I am happy to connect you with an autographed copy of Tracker Hacker, which is the first book in the Codename Winger series that will be out in October. You can get more details on what your donation can do and actually make a donation at biggayfitchinpodcast.com slash cycle2017. And I thank you all for whatever donations you can make. Wonderful cause. Yes. Good stuff. I'm sorry I'm not there this year. It feels weird. Not to be checking to Boston this week. Yeah, yeah. But I will follow virtually. Cool. You want to tell everybody about some Patreon stuff? I think I can. Uh, so thank you for everyone who has been here since the very beginning. Uh, celebrating over 100 episodes now uh, is a very big deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're uh, a little proud of ourselves. I don't mind saying. A bit. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so for those of you who have been with us since the very beginning, thank you very much. Uh, if you are joining us just now, if this is your very first episode of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, welcome. Uh, you can also uh, help support the podcast by joining us on Patreon. Now, for as little as 25 cents an episode, your pledge helps pay for the cost of producing and distributing this show. And for fans who pledge at the silver and gold levels, you'll have the exclusive opportunity to ask questions of our upcoming guests. All patrons also have the option to have a personalized thank you sent directly to them. From us, Jeff and Will. Now, any month that we have pledges that cover our monthly production costs, we'll produce a bonus episode, especially for our patrons. Now, you can get all the details at our Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash biggayfictionpodcast. In Somewhere on Mackinac by Jeff Adams, Jordan Monroe travels to Mackinac Island for the Somewhere in Time fan celebration weekend. 
Once there, he becomes attracted to local stable owner Miles Coulter. When Jordan learns the stable's in trouble, he wants to help despite Miles' resistance. As their relationship grows, he dreads the issues that face them. Can they forge a love as timeless as the romance in their favorite film? Find out in Somewhere on Mackinac by Jeff Adams. Available from DreamSpinnerPress.com, Amazon.com, and other ebook retailers. So while I was knitting sweaters this week, you managed to read another book. Yes. Which is awesome. I swear, folks, I'm going to get back to reading soon, I promise. Really, I do. Yes. Um, so you read something from Lucy Lennox. I did. Lucy is part of my GRL preparation plan. Um, earlier this week, I'm sort of um, not officially taking part in uh, Jay's reading challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is sort of like uh, not official, kind of on the down low. Um, <laughs> so, in but early... all of you know about it now. <laughs> um, earlier this week, I literally sat down and planned out specifically the books that I need to read um, before we head to Denver in October. Okay. Uh, and so far, yay! Week one, I'm on track. Uh, I finished reading Taming Teddy by Lucy Lennox, and this is the first book I read by Lucy, uh, and surprise, surprise, I loved it to pieces. Um, this particular book is number two in her Maid Marian series. Uh, the books follow the lives and loves of the Marian brothers, and Taming Teddy is about Jamie, uh, Jamie Marian specifically. Uh, he's a wildlife consultant, and he is currently working in the uh, uh, National Park in Denali, uh, way out there in the middle of nowhere, Alaska. And uh, there's this hotshot wildlife photographer, a guy named Teddy, uh, who thinks that Jamie is his key to getting a prestigious uh, wildlife photography award. Mm. So he kind of, uh, he flies up to Alaska unannounced and sort of wheedles himself into Jamie's life. And uh, in order to get rid of this guy, Jamie, you know, decides to let Teddy follow him around and, you know, take pictures of, you know, uh, of his work with the various animals uh, in the park. And um, there's eventually, uh, I believe, a snowstorm. They're not, like, trapped specifically. Uh, but Teddy ends up staying with Jamie in his cabin. Uh, which is like my favorite thing. Other than marriage of convenience, <laughs> like forced proximity slash snowed in in a mountain cabin are like my, it's like my totally favorite thing. Anyway, so um, uh, Teddy is a bit of a player. Uh, he sort of has men in every port. He, you know, spends his life traveling the world, photog- f- photographing. <laughs> Woohoo, I can talk real good. Um, photo- photographing. Photographing uh, exotic wildlife. Uh, and he sort of has a, a guy in every port. And at first, Jamie is sort of resistant to the idea of being another uh, notch on Teddy's bedpost. But then he kind of figures that uh, he needs to move on. Jamie was literally left at the author. A- author. Like I said, words. Words are hard. Jamie was literally left at the altar at one point. And so he's kind of, uh, he's pretty gun-shy, and that's part of the reason why he's living out in the middle of nowhere, uh, hanging out with animals and not people. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But eventually, uh, Jamie succumbs to uh, Teddy's charms, uh, and they end up hooking up. They hook up real good. (laughs) They've got uh, fantastic chemistry. 
so so they get together, but um, Teddy's job takes him uh, on another assignment. He has to leave Alaska. And um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the interim. Uh, Teddy has, there's a family crisis. He narrowly escape, escapes death on while he's on another assignment somewhere else. Meanwhile, um, Jamie uh, has to deal with his family over the holidays. A lot of different stuff goes on before uh, we reach the end of the book uh, where everyone sort of meets up in Hawaii. Um, Teddy ends up winning this prestigious prize and the award ceremony is going to be in Hawaii. And Jamie ends up going on a big, large-scale family vacation uh, in Hawaii because his brother is going to be uh, marrying his husband there. Uh, so they all, everyone ends up meeting in Hawaii, uh, and, uh, having a grand old time. Nice. Yeah. Um, this is the second book, as I said, in the Maid Marian series. And while technically you don't have to have read the first book, uh, I certainly haven't, unfortunately. Um, I don't know why I started with book two, but I did. Um, uh, you don't have to have read book one in order for this to make sense. Um, it would be helpful because of the stuff that uh, Jamie uh, deals with with his family uh, later on in this book. Um, I think you'd probably get a little more out of it uh, if you had read book one and kind of understood the family dynamics a little bit better, okay. especially about the, the one brother from the previous book uh, who's, who's marrying his partner. Um, so there's that caveat. Also, kudos to Lucy Lennox. I, number one, I, of course, really enjoy this book. I highly recommend it. But I wanted to point out two things that I thought she did uh, particularly well from an authorial um, standpoint. Um, there are certain spans of the book where uh, Jamie and Teddy aren't together. And uh, they we keep the relationship growing and active by uh, communicating via text message. Mm. And usually this is sort of like, it's kind of a, a cheesy um, author trick that I don't, I'm not, you know, really crazy about. But what I thought Lucy Lennox did exceptionally well is, is that the text conversations were, uh, number one, incredibly funny. Uh, and they they also kind of, helped us understand who um, Jamie and Teddy were as people. So I thought um, she did an exceptional job of um, moving the story forward with uh, the very simple texting format. I thought cool. she did an exceptional job with that. And one other thing I want to admit, mention, I think Lucy did exceptionally well, is, is that she brought the 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 love of nature that the two characters have uh she really brought it to life um there's not like you know cheesy descriptions of you know you know golden sunrises and amber waves of green that kind of stuff <laughs> i think what she managed to do really really well um was is through the the characters perspectives 
really make us, the readers, understand what they enjoy about being out in nature and interacting with these animals. Um, there are some really cute animals in this book, too. <laughs> There's a little beaver family, and uh, it's, uh, it's adorable. So I highly recommend Lucy Lennox Taming Teddy. Give it a shot, guys. I think you'll like it. Fantastic. So besides the reading, uh, we've been doing a lot of TV lately. Yes, um, we have. I was very excited to watch some of the first episodes in uh, Where the Bears Are Season 6. Uh, we've we've loved this show. We've talked about some of their past uh, seasons. And we've actually backed Season 6 mm-hmm. as part of their Kickstarter campaign. Yes, we did. So I was excited to see it premiere. Do you want to give us a little of the, of the premise as it stands currently in the first three episodes we've seen? There's a murder! And that's the premise for season six. Um, So far, there have only been three episodes. uh, So we're not very deep into the season just yet. Uh, But so far, I have thought these three episodes are completely hilarious. They are. As as we follow the misadventures of Nelson Wood, Reggie, and Todd. Um, (laughs) Currently, Nelson is uh, co-starring on a television show, MRU, uh, male rape unit, and um, <laughs> he has uh, some problems with one of his co-stars. Uh, Wood gets um, thinks he's going to make a big comeback in a porno film, but they're actually not interested in him at all uh, performing on camera. They He's just supposed to say a couple of lines. So he's going to try and relaunch his porn career. Um, R- Reggie is co-hosting a true crime series uh, with someone who's uh, tried to murder them in the past. <laughs> and um, Todd is uh, where he was going to get stationed where? In, Somewhere in Russia. In, in, in Russia. Um, Todd is a agent for a security uh, agency. Uh, and he just got a job offer for, for going off to Russia. For three years. For three years. Yeah. So, yeah, we. I really enjoyed the first three episodes. I think they're hilarious. I did too. I, I liked coming back into these characters because it's been a while since we've watched any of the Bears uh, seasons and they're all just as wacky as they ever are. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so new episodes, I believe, will be coming out each week on YouTube. You can get details on season six at wherethebearsare.tv. Mm-hmm. Now, really quickly, we wrapped up the season of Last Tycoon on Amazon. Mm-hmm. We talked about that a few episodes yep. back. I think we were only three episodes in of the nine when we talked about it. I have to say, as as that went on, I got more and more and more drawn into it. It was a beautifully done series. Uh, it captures 1930s Hollywood in a very glamorous kind of way, but also you get some of the dirty underbelly of it as well. Uh, and it really captured, for me, even some race and religious issues of our modern day uh, quite nicely. Um, Jennifer Beals, we talked about, she cropped up a few in a few more episodes and has some one of the more touching storylines, I think, of the uh, series. And there was some really nice things as well um, when a Germany uh, orchestra came to play score on a movie um, that really highlighted some of the the tensions of the day with uh, Jews and what was brewing over in Europe at that time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I was just blown away by it. Yeah, so we can't recommend Last Tycoon enough. I highly recommend you uh, give it a look. Uh, so once we finished Last Tycoon, we jumped into starting Outlander. Um, now, we don't subscribe to the Stars channel. Although we might need to. <laughs> we might need to. Um, we Though we don't specifically subscribe to the Stars channel, um, our cable package does... Uh, get us some of the ancillary stars channel and in the lead up to the premiere of season three one of the stars channels has been uh running the entire series episodes uh season one and seasons two. that's what i meant to say seasons one yeah. and two so we have jumped in to the adventures of jamie and claire uh first of all it's it's worth noting uh jeff would leave me in a heartbeat for sam hugan the guy who plays jamie um, yeah, I can't compete with that guy. Maybe, yeah. I'd bring you with me. How's that? <laughs> How very thoughtful of you. <laughs> I'd bring you with me. My God, he's gorgeous. Mm -hmm. um, and he's gorgeous whether he's running around naked or done up in his kilt and poofy shirts. Um, yeah. He's, yeah. The the love story between them, the whole, the story in general. We're, we're midway in season one right now. Um, it's stressful. It's... It's brutal at times. Mm -hmm. I find this show occasionally more brutal than I ever found Walking Dead. Um, and that says a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but their love story, where it's headed, um, looks so good. Um, she's teaching him, because my sense is he might be five to maybe ten years younger than she is. Um, teaching him a lot. He's... Helping her stay alive in this in in the seventeen hundreds, and there's a whole somewhere in time feel to it also because I know eventually somehow she's getting back to those stones to go back. She's going to end up back in present day eventually, yes, or her present day. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and I have to say too, I love the music. I've already downloaded parts of the soundtrack because there's something about the the drums and the and the bagpipes that just work so well for me. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. What yeah. are your What are your more in depth thoughts on that? Um, I've got no more depth. Um, You've got no more depth. <laughs> I really i I can't. I yeah. I'm glad we jumped on this particular bandwagon. Um, I'm really really enjoying Jamie and Claire, uh, the two two actors, their storyline, uh, and the beginning of uh, season one is pretty exceptional. Uh, can't wait to work our way through all of the episodes. Yeah, I think um, we've got like 20 left on the DVR. So, yeah, I we love Outlander. Love it to pieces. Can't yeah. get enough. Uh, so you can see the new episode, the new season, season three, started on Stars on Sunday, September 10th. And the past seasons are on DVD, and you can pick them up on digital downloads on iTunes and Amazon, too. It does not look like Netflix streams it. Nope, it does not. Bad Netflix. Bad, 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 bad. So earlier this week, you talked to Miss Posey Roberts. I did. Posey is a return guest on the GRL blog tour. We had her here with us last year. Mm -hmm. And we talked about what she's been up to, uh, which shockingly has not included currently a lot of writing, but she's going to be getting back to that. So she's got the scoop on that for us. Today, I'm welcoming Posey Roberts to the podcast as part of the 2017 GRL blog tour. Posey writes about the realistic struggles of men looking for love, whether her characters are family men, drag queens, or lonely men searching for connections, they all find a home in her stories. Her stories are character-driven and plotty, 
combined with various proportions of sweetness, kink, or angst, and far from predictable. Welcome, Posey. Thank you. I Thank should you say so welcome. Much. I should say welcome back because we we oh, did this on yeah. the blog tour last year. Right. Do you want to introduce your your friend who's with you this morning? Um, this is Olive. Um, our brand new puppy that we just got on Tuesday. So we've had her in our house. This is day three. And yeah, she was very content in my lap this morning. So and I'm probably going to hand her off to my kid, though. So in she, a few she's completely adorable. Thank <laughs> <laughs> So give us an idea of... Uh, with your writing, how much time do you spend writing and, and what else do you work on in a day? Well, things have changed quite dramatically. I used to spend um, hours and hours every single day writing. Sometimes I would write up to eight hours a day, sometimes even a little bit more than that. Um, and in the last year or so, I've actually started writing less because my editing business has kind of taken off. And so I've been spending much more time doing that than I have been writing. Um, and I seem to spend more time plotting and planning than I do actually writing as of late. <laughs> and more time with social media or websites and things like that. So I want to get back to more writing. And if you're doing a if you're doing the plotting, at least you're laying the foundation for the writing to come. Yes, I am, and there's there's lots and lots that I have planned. I have uh, I bought even some book covers that for inspiration to keep me going. So <laughs> quite a bit going on. Nice. So hopefully we'll see some new stuff coming out coming out soon. Yes, I hope so. I do hope so because I have a third book in a trilogy that really needs to get going. So. And you write books that deal with, at, at times, heavy issues. You've explored cancer and PTSD and abuse survival. But then you swing to lighter fare also. What do you enjoy about having such a variety? I think it's it's really easy for me. Um, I was trained as a family therapist, so it's really easy for me to go to that, that deeper stuff. That's kind of naturally where I tend to go. But that's heavy, and it sticks with you for quite a while. And, um, you know, people talk about book hanger hangovers. Mm -hmm. uh, try writing hangovers. I mean, I've seriously walked away at the end of some days, um, especially when I was writing about cancer and death and all that sort of stuff. And I was ex mentally exhausted, and I just needed a break. So I really love throwing in the, you know, lighthearted panty kink or whatever it might be. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's like it's like a cleansing like it just okay now we can have a little fun here and I really enjoy throwing in some like I wrote um, last year just for fun right before GRL I wrote uh, Stroke of Luck um, and that was there were some the one guy had uh, just had a fire but I wanted to do something more lighthearted and that was probably the most humorous that I've done despite the one best friend being a complete horrible person that she is. But that was kind of fun actually writing about the struggle of friendship and secondary characters. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you tend to, do you think you gravitate towards one or the other or is, is the lighter stuff just good palate cleansing after a heavy one or the, the lighter stuff actually is harder for me to write. Um, 
like really tropey. I, I just I I just write complicated plot lines. It seems like I'm just pulled in with all of that. And and part of this I think again comes back to me being a family therapist. As a family therapist, I mean we know that we we aren't we don't ever grow up in isolation. Uh, I mean, family therapy is based on systems theory. One thing affects another thing, affects another thing, affects another thing. And I'm very much uh, believe in how family of origin, not necessarily our birth family, but who we grew up with um, does affect how, how we interact with other people today, whether we like it or not. Um, And so if you've been in an abusive family or you bounce from house to house to house to house, that's going to affect how you are today. I mean, if you've bounced from house to house, you're going to have some insecurity probably and have a hard time trusting people. So I have a, all of that, whether I'm writing it down on the page or not, it's always in my head. Mm-hmm. So that will always play in and there will be threads that I weave in and out, no matter whether I want to or not. I mean, I have gone in oh, I'm going to write this lighthearted nothingness. It's just going to be fun and playful. And next thing I know, uh, there's this horrendous backstory that I'm like, oh, my God, not again. (laughs) (laughs) Now, as you're getting your story down and doing the writing, do you tend to be an author who interacts with other authors or do you just hang to yourself and go solo? Um, I'm more solo at this point. Um, I used to be. I started out actually in fan fiction, and um, there was a lot more interaction. Each chapter I would get done, and I would send it off to um, author friends or reader friends, and they would give me feedback, and then I would come back. But I've, I've actually found that I ended up changing major plot points because of that, so I started doing that less and less. Um if I'm completely stuck on something, like I was um, uh, two years ago, I was really stuck on something, and I sent it out to some friends and said, I just, I don't know what to do here. I feel like it's dragging in, you know, act two. I don't know how to fix that. Um, but I, not so much anymore. I Back in fan fiction days, a friend and I actually, we wrote a story that's still out there um, that was chapter after chapter, and he would be writing in um, what's the Google Google Docs, mm-hmm. and then I would be down on another chapter writing, and that was kind of fun. I do miss that. That was very inspiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that at some point you might collaborate again for something, or? Oh, I would love to if I found the right person. That's sure. that's the thing. It's finding the right person that you you have similar styles and that you gel with, and you have the same working work ethics because I think that's the hardest part is I'm kind of a uh, when I start writing I'm kind of a workaholic and I'm like boom 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 let's get it done and then we'll fix it and a lot of people I've worked with in the past have been okay we write it now let's publish it and I'm like oh no 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 starting. (laughs) that's your editor side coming out there too it really is and I I edit like crazy I I can go through some stories you know five up to five times and I'm I'm constantly tweaking when I start cutting more words I start cutting a lot of words actually that's when I know I'm close to being ready to send it off to my editor 
I like the editor has an editor, which of course is important. You can't really oh, edit yes. your own oh, work. Oh my god, I can't. I'm not going to edit my own stuff. No way. <laughs> now you set your naked organic series out in Oregon, yeah, uh, in a commune in the in the Willamette Valley, but North Star trilogy is in your home state of Minnesota. How did you end up so far from home for the naked organics series? Um, Actually, I went to the Dream Spinner Author Conference um, out in Portland. Um, I already knew that the Pacific Northwest from previous visits was kind of one of those places that ah, it's like it called to my heart. And um, I loved Portland. And um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of people out, out in Oregon will, will probably balk at this, but there's a lot of similarities between Minnesota and Oregon were kind of settled by the same the same people at least initially um, So I feel very very comfortable out there. They talk about how kind everyone is in Oregon or at least Portland um, and You know they joke about Minnesota nice. It just it felt very much at home to me Minnesota nice can be taken both ways by the way it can be <laughs> passive-aggressive But it is also people always talk about how people will stop you on the street and do you need help? Do you need, you look like you're lost. Can I help you find where you need to go? And that was very much my experience out in Oregon as well. And I don't know. I also didn't want to deal with winter, like an extreme winter, like in Minnesota. Sure. It's a commune. I mean, it, it's, it's farming and they have, they have to have income year round. It's a little harder in Minnesota when it's a hard frost and you can't do any, there's, I mean, farming, you can't do much. Except for greenhouses in the winter, so yeah. Once that ground's that, frozen, you're kind of stuck till spring. Yeah, you are, or, or you have to do other things, crafts for six months. Because trust me, it's that long. <laughs> I grew up in Michigan. I know exactly what you're talking oh, about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This this last year, we actually got rain in January, which is unheard oh unheard of. But there was nowhere for it to go because the ground is frozen. So there was flooding. Mm. In the middle of January. At least in my basement. <laughs> did you have to do extra research for something that's oh. so far from home? Or did oh, you do a lot of it while you were there? Did you get to take trips, perhaps? No, I didn't get to take a ton of trips. But no, I've done a ton of research. Um, Google Earth is my friend, let me tell you. Um, and it's it helped that I made a, that I created a fake, a fake commune and a fake community. I have not named names. So I don't have to really, you know, I just, I know about where it is. Um, and I put a lake on it because I wanted to, sure. even though mostly rivers and streams in that area. But, you know, author, I can create my world. So right. I'm going to do it. Um, but yeah, tons and tons of research. And I'm actually doing more research related to the farming stuff right now. It's all beekeeping actually considered um, going to the Southeast Minnesota Beekeepers Club that meets every month just down the road from me. So <laughs> I bet that would be fun for you and maybe for them if they, if they knew you were researching for a book. Yeah, yeah. It really is interesting. I'm lear I've learned a lot. So Now, I know you've brought a giveaway for our listeners. Uh, what have you got for them? Well, I would like to give away, um, it'll depend on who wins, though. So um, I would like to give away the first 
the first book of the Farm Fresh series, or excuse me, the Naked Organic series, which is the book Farm Fresh. If they already have it, I'm willing to give away a copy of any of the backlist stuff. Fantastic. So whatever they would like. That is awesome. So we will give we'll give our listeners a, a, a nice raffle copter to play with on the show notes page. Okay. And uh, we'll give away a book to some lucky person. Okay. Fantastic. So what are you looking forward to about going to Denver this year for GRL? Um, Denver. <laughs> I haven't been in a while. It's been years and years. Um, <laughs> I maybe shouldn't say this with my kid in the house. Um, if there's a uh, head shop, I can go visit. Hmm. <laughs> get a brownie or two I don't know we'll see um I but really it's it's getting together with friends and I'm gonna try to be I'm always a little nervous with large groups so I always like go through the lobby and avoid it um I'm gonna try to sit my butt down and interact a little bit more I do better one-on-one with people than I do in groups so come and talk to me (laughs) Break the ice for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll certainly talk to you while we're there, and yeah. for sure. And I'm sure other people now that you know they, they're seeing you here on the podcast and like, oh, there's Posey. Let's go talk to her. Yeah. Well, and th- it's nice to to kind of know that you're going to be seeing people ahead of time. Somebody suggested in the GRL group that we should on our badges, you know, have our Facebook or sticker and I thought that was a good idea because so many of the people I know their names I I can tell you exactly what their profile picture is but that's it's not them it's usually right. you know, picture of their dog or or a book cover or, or book if it's cover. an author it's a book cover if it's a if it's a reader it could be <laughs> anything right right and speaking of social media what's the best way for folks to keep up with you on social media um I probably do the most on Facebook um, all of my, all of my, um, <clears throat> the Posey Roberts is at Posey Roberts and P-O-S-Y, not P-O-S-E-Y, just to throw that out there. Cause everybody wants to put an E in there. Um, but I'm Facebook, Instagram. I, I, that's more, a little more personal Instagram. I'm going to post pictures of all of the dog. Sorry. I can't help it. And the hedgehog will do Clover the hedgehog too. And my kid, it just happens. Um, I do Twitter. I also have Tumblr, Pinterest, and a few other things, but I'm not on there very often. You are well connected. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, Posey, thank you so much for spending a few minutes with us, and we look forward to seeing you in Denver in just a few weeks. Thank you. I can't believe it's, oh my gosh, it's so quick. We don't have much time. I better get ready. The Big Gay Fiction Podcast is thrilled to once again partner with Gay Romlet as a featured blogger. You can see all the participating blogs and the full GRL blog tour schedule at gayromlet.com slash 2017 blog tour. Gay Romlet is an annual retreat that brings together the people who create and celebrate LGBT romance for a -a one-of-a-kind must-attend gathering of dynamic, informal, and diverse fun. Each year, the retreat travels to a new city and hosts tons of events from raucous parties to mellow tete-a-tetes while still maintaining a spirit of familiarity. GRL is the place to connect with old friends, find family you didn't know you had, and meet with both newly published and established authors in the gay romance genre. 
This year's retreat is set for October 19 through 22 in Denver, Colorado at the Denver Marriott Tech Center. For more information or to register, please visit gayromlet.com. Did you know that podcasts love to get reviews too? Taking a moment to leave a review about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast helps us with the show's visibility online. Please take a moment to visit iTunes and leave a review. Your comments help other readers of gay romance discover this show. Thanks for helping us spread the word about the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. So it was nice catching up with Posey. Look forward to seeing her in Denver, of course. Mm-hmm. She does have a giveaway, as she mentioned, so look for the raffle copter in this week's show notes, and you can maybe pick up a prize from her. Awesome. Now, coming up next week in episode 102, Suzanne Brockman is back to tell us about the campaign she took part in to make sure her son could see himself in her books. Yeah, that was a really fun interview to do. Mm-hmm. She's she's just charming to talk to, and... Her, her story on, on making sure Jason and and all young gay people in general could see themselves in her books was really excellent. Mm-hmm. Always a delight to talk to Suze. Yeah. So, guys, remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter if you have a book. So until then, guys, keep turning those pages and keep reading. For detailed show notes and the complete episode backlist, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com. New episodes are available every Monday on all major podcast distributors and YouTube. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.